are live, leading theologically, 2022. This is Lee Hinton Hazy, I'm Senior Director, Theological Education Funds Development uh, with the Presbyterian Foundation. That is a ministry of the Committee on Theological Education, which Rachel, we just finished meeting. We're on a board together, and the board that I serve, the Committee on Theological Education, just met, met the last three days. Sadly, we had to move it from face-to-face to online, but um, they may be listening out there too. Anybody who's here, we'd love to see you in the comments. Let us know you're here. Um, and today I'm talking with a newer friend of mine, but someone I hope is a lifelong friend, uh, the Reverend Rachel Penmore. She is the uh, director of UKirk in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, the University of Knoxville and others uh, involved. Thanks for being here, Rachel, making the time right here in the middle of the semester, you know, big Florida, Tennessee, Florida come to town. Lots of <laughs> well, that's my hometown. That's my hometown team. So bringing them here, I'm trying to like hold them in my heart. I told my students I was going to wear a clergy collar and a Florida shirt on Friday just to like freak everybody out. So they would want to yell at me, but they couldn't because I was wearing my clergy collar. Right. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if I'm brave enough. <laughs> well, make sure there's like, do you have, does, does the director of UCART National have like, like a like a security detail there should be for for competitions like this there really yeah. should be i mean <laughs> i mean you're i'm sure you're out there protesting too on you know i mean you, you know right. I, I think i'm in the vast minority right. so i think i'd be overpowered pretty quickly well we before we got on here everybody we were talking about the fine line between uh tennessee orange Florida orange and University of Texas orange. So um, if anybody has, and you have Maryville orange, Maryville orange is a different, Maryville orange is a different. Well, well, there's a Maryville orange. Yeah, my dad was a football coach, Maryville College just down the road. Not not quite the, the powerhouse. And I'm not going to mention that there's a team that wears orange in South Carolina. I'm just not going to mention uh -huh, that one too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not here to talk about football. We're here to talk about young adults in church. Y'all need to know Rachel is such a gift to the church. We're on the U Kirk National Collegiate Ministry Board together, um, and she is really qualified for this. I'm not sure about me. Um, she already mentioned from Jacksonville, Florida. She has a, a bachelor's in religion and philosophy from Queens University in Charlotte, a master of divinity. She went from East Coast to West Coast to San Francisco Theological Seminary. She has served in context where she's engaged young adults, I think primarily uh, in Yellowstone National Park at Travis Air Force Base and hospital chaplaincy, transitional Paris ministry, and now um, with you, Kirk. Um, thanks for being here. I could say a lot more married. She, she, she's a spouse. She has that covenant. She's a parent of a young child. She's a kayaker, a hiker, uh, a Frisbee thrower, um, a dog parent. Um, you know, and thanks for being here, Rachel, again, and all the gifts that you bring. I, I want to ask you, as I often ask my guests here almost always, is what is it that is making you come alive? Because clearly you are coming alive in beautiful ways. <laughs> I'm glad it's coming across that way because my kid's in a sleep regression right now, so I don't feel very alive. Oh, but, no. <laughs> um, but as far as ministry goes, what 
is and kind of continues to come alive isn't necessarily a big kind of piece um, because what COVID and pandemic have really taught me is to really pay attention to the smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. And I feel what makes me come alive is when people feel known, Mm. um, when I'm interacting with my students or with other folks and they feel seen and heard and known. Um, Mm. because I think that's something that we all have lost in this pandemic is, is a lot of separation and a lot of ways that we are missing connection with each other. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to feel safe in someone else's presence, because we haven't had each other's presence for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and feel safe to bring the fullness of who you are and who you are becoming and who you are discovering um, into that space. And when I feel trusted with that, Mm. Um, and I know that that is, is something that takes work to get there. Um, I leave those moments just feeling alive, feeling like this, that ministry has meaning because it doesn't always feel that way. <laughs> Sometimes it's moving tables and picking up food and buying 80 cases of cheer wine. Um, and that's cheer wine. Oh, cheer wine. I, that's yeah. me. That's a draw. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> now you know where I am. Um, <laughs> I feel, I feel seen. I feel seen and heard. <laughs> Anytime we can bring your wine back into the conversation. <laughs> All right, this is not officially sponsored, although we'll take sponsors. It could be. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, there. You know, I haven't heard anybody say it quite that way. There is some invisibility and sort of silence that happens. You know, from being kind of pulled out of let, you know, into private spaces more than public spaces. And, mm-hmm. um, I could see that you're somebody who notices, um, I mean, so what are some practices to help you see and hear and recognize and name? Um, um what are some well, practices? part of it is I'm, I'm an empathic person. And so mm-hmm. I'm always scanning the room. I'm always mm-hmm. paying attention uh, to mm-hmm. just kind of get figure, see where everybody is, what are mm-hmm. kind of, um, I've done a lot of study of body language and all of mm-hmm. that. So I'm always paying attention to how, mm-hmm. what are the subconscious ways that people are telling me how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but something usually I learned. More than, usually more than the words, right? Usually oh, more than the words. always more than the words. People <laughs> say so much with their bodies, so mm-hmm. much with how they say things. It's just mm-hmm. oftentimes the words are really secondary. And a skill that I learned working in the hospital setting is that I usually look for the person who is not the loudest in the room Mm. um, because they're the person that may need the most attention. Mm -hmm. It's I'm always trying to pay attention to that piece of who is getting missed, who is not included or who is just not the, like sometimes the loudest kids are the ones getting, are able to express themselves differently and able Mm -hmm. to, you know, be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes this is not always the case, but I I do often try to pay attention for who is the quietest person in the room, who is not making the most amount of noise. And I just, you know, more often than not, it's about um, the ministry of presence of just sitting next to somebody and letting them know that you see that they're there more than anything. We just want to be remembered and noticed. And I think that is um, part of this gift of ministry is, Mm noticing people and also noticing when they're not there. We all mm-hmm. want someone to say, Hey, I noticed you weren't there. We missed mm-hmm. you. 
yeah. this community is incomplete. Um, mm -hmm. There is a, the parable of the lost sheep. A friend of mine told me a reframing of it, of the, it's the parable of the incomplete community mm -hmm. and that that community was incomplete. It's not about this one lost person. It's about this community isn't complete without you. And so that's part of how I try to approach each person that I interact with in ministry is that you are going to make our community different and better and more unique right. and sometimes a little weirder, but we're just a bunch of weirdo. <laughs> My friend calls it, we're just a bunch of weirdos all flopping Godward and <laughs> it's so ungraceful and it's so messy, but we're just, when we do it best, we all acknowledge that. <laughs> so. You're there. Say that again. You're, fl <laughs> you're flopping Godward. Flopping. So you're just, you know, you know, like a, like, how a how a fish flops or whatever. oh right you know, yeah, you know yeah. you're just kind, kind of flopping of, around because it's like faith is such an ungraceful process right and we all think for some reason that everybody else is doing it well and mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. and we're all just getting up every day and hoping we're flopping in the right direction yeah. right. <laughs> it's just exactly. a, it's right. just a messy beautiful process and only by i mean it's kind of by grace do <laughs> we sort of flop into the right direction oh right, i see right. i see the executive director of you kurt <laughs> national collegiate <laughs> ministries um who both rachel and i are, uh, are fans of jenny norris lane thank you parable of the incomplete community it's true um oh flopping godward she heard you flopping godward <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I did live in East Tennessee, you know, yeah, sorry, my, a long time ago. I know. <laughs> I, I often forget how the, the kind of Southern nature yeah. until I'm like telling my daughter to stop doing something. And I'm like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, we don't do that. <laughs> no, it's like, I grew up in Florida, which is essentially a subset of New Jersey. And it's like, right. I did not get an accent till I moved to North Carolina. Right. Tennessee. Yeah, right. Well, my, I, my North Carolina has been influenced by Kentucky. So, I mean, oh, yeah. we're, we're getting there though. We're getting there. You're, you're, you're mm -hmm. cross cultural, intercultural. Um, the remember you, what you made when you said that about remember, you know, who's not there. That's a practice too, it feels like. And um, one of the places where we worship um, weekly, we have weekly communion and we often sing the words of institution. And the words of institution have made a whole different impression on me, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, remember me, you know, the whole kind of remember me. When I'm singing that, I'm like, everybody's singing that. I want them to remember me. <laughs> you know, remember Jesus, mm -hmm. remember me too. I mean, like, let's remember each other in the body of Christ. I mean, that's what I hear mm -hmm. what you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. That's, I think that's great Christian practice. Um, how do you remember? I mean, I take pictures and selfies is one of the things mm -hmm. I do, which is a little crazy. Are there ways, how do you remember and notice um, and, and not forget um, especially, I mean, I, I like what you said about not the loudest person in the room, and I'll take that metaphorically, not the, the most prominent person, mm -hmm. right. You know, that's showing up over and over in a social media feed or, you know, um, very prominent on campus or around town. I mean, how do you, how do you remember them and not forget them? Um, I'm thinking this all has to do with young adults in church because they're yeah. not showing up, right? This is all. <laughs> well, they are, but it's different. You know, it's it's it doesn't. It, I think the misconception is that showing up in church is Sunday morning in the pew at 11 a.m. for mm -hmm. an hour, 
And that isn't the best time for everybody. Yeah. Like Sunday morning or yeah. Sunday is where you're getting ready for the week. You're doing laundry, you're meal prepping, you're doing tons of things. And Sunday morning is not always the most convenient time for folks to worship. And so I, they are showing up in other ways, in book studies, in coffees, in all kinds of other ways. Um, right. And so I think them showing up looks differently for us here. We worship Wednesday evenings um, because that is a time that class isn't happening, that most of the time we're past the time of clubs and they can be here. This is a place where they know they're going to get a free food. Mm -hmm. um, they just did a study in the SEC and one in three students are food insecure. And so wow. knowing that one, they, one in third. Three, wow. Yeah. So it's and, you know, the idea that they know that there will be a meal here every week and there's you know, we, we keep food around all the time for that. But they know that there will be a meal here and there will be. A, you know, no pressure worship service where they can come sit in the back and we won't force them to participate any more than they want. And it'll feel similar um, to a worship, you know, traditional Presbyterian worship service. It has all the elements and it's got this level of grace that applies completely to them. But also I feel it of, you know, when I forgot to take communion and I throw a piece of bread in my mouth and start choking on it. And the only thing to grab is the cup. And so just swig back some grape juice and I'm just, and they're just dying laughing, but it, it removes kind of the like yeah. older than that. It just like makes the whole thing accessible of like, this is just bread and juice. Like, yeah. and these are things that sometimes go down smoothly and sometimes we choke on them. <laughs> and, exactly. Yeah. But to your, to your question of remembering, it's it's just a lot of work of showing up and paying attention mm -hmm. and it just they slowly start to give me pieces mm -hmm. and when they they give me something that is theirs to hold mm -hmm. that's that's precious and it's mm -hmm. on me to remember that to follow up with it to check in with them on it and in ways that doesn't single them out or call them out in front of their friends or whatever, but just, right. Right. you know, grab them and be like, Hey, you were telling me you wanted to get hooked up with a counselor. How's that going? You know, it just, yeah, just something that says, I heard you and I yeah. need you to know I'm, I'm walking this with yeah. you. Um, yeah. And I think the remembering is reminding them that this whole thing that they're figuring out their life, their faith, their personhood, their identity isn't something they're walking alone that somebody sees them and knows them and cares enough to just pop back in and be like right how's that going that breakup was really hard how are you navigating mm -hmm. it today did you eat today have you had something other than coffee today you know it's just the basic things that we all need you know like sometimes sometimes i have to text my husband when i'm out of town i'm like do you have lunch today and he's like oh my gosh i totally forgot you know and it's just you know, <laughs> right. breathe just, please breathe keep breathing right we just all need that <laughs> and it's you know it's a huge part of ministry it's just that basic mm -hmm. checking in catching mm -hmm. up remembering mm -hmm. um what's going on with each other well and that seems like that i mean this is not some simple formula um for anybody but um the young adults that are in your life that you encounter um, and it feels like you do this for anybody, but especially for young adults, sort of noticing those things about who they are, if they're into, you know, what they're into, how, you know, how is it going with, um, 
you know, that thing that you care so much about, you know, maybe it's a, you know, they're an athlete or maybe it's, you know, the book they saw them carrying around <laughs> or, you know, um, it could be anything. And especially somebody who's not just in their family. Um, that seems like that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, this is where we can be church for one another. Um, maybe it's something you read about them in the news. I mean, not the newspaper anymore. You read somewhere else about them. You, you hear about them. Um, what's your take on social media with this? I mean, does that help hinder probably both, but is there ways it can be helpful? Do you think? I think there are, um, you know, I don't love participating in social media, although I am required to. It's not really my thing. I have but currently I run for social media accounts. <laughs> so I run our coffee shop. I run our ministries. I have a professional account and then I have a personal account. Um, and my students all covet the day when they get to graduate college and follow me on my personal account. Okay. Which is, you know, that's fine. I, but I, you know, I think um, for some of them, social media is a, is a clue for me. If the, mm. if I know that they are super active and I notice that they're not, Mm -hmm. Um, that's a clue for me. Um, and it just, it helps me know kind of the fullness of who they are, what they're doing, what they're into. Um, but part of this demographic, this like 18 to 35, I think is what they classify as a young mm -hmm. adult is this is the time that has some of the most amount of change that right. your life and it, and it's increasing now that, um, People are going to college less now that jobs are rotating and changing and um, families are changing how we're doing, like just the amount of things that are changing and impacting this 18 to 35 year olds. They are figuring out identity. They're figuring out their, who they want to be in the world. What right. are they interested in? What's their job? Do they like this job? What's happening with their family? What's happening with their relationships? You right. know, some of them, you know, for some of my students, they're learning their gender identity for the first time and acknowledging, you know, it's, there's just this unbelievable amount of change and social media first gives you access to lots of people that are also doing that, which normalizes some of these pieces. Um, it does create, a, you know, kind of an unhealthy that a lot of people right. are doing this great and well, and nobody's struggling through anything. But what's interesting is that my students are really into something right now called be real. Mm. And it's all about, taking a picture of what you're doing right now. It's all about being mm. real and they love it. <laughs> They're trying to get me on it, but I don't know if I can handle another. Is it, social a, media. Is it another social media? It's part? another thing. And it just gives you a notification and you just take a picture of what you're doing right now. And it's just all about not curating it, not filtering it. It's just, wow. where are you? What are you doing right now? And that's, I think the popularity of that speaks to right. our like, want for authenticity that we do like i mean i love i love instagram because i like watching cookies get cookies and cakes get iced and i like watching dogs be adorable and you know like it's something really soothing to me about those things um i follow a lot of dog accounts but but there's something about this kind of craving for just that everybody is has a bored moment at their job that everybody is like a, for my students that everybody's struggling with midterms or you know, mm -hmm. at, goes to the dentist or these things that we right. don't take pictures of. And this invites that authenticity. Yeah, there's some, there's, and there's account, there's some accountability in that also. Right. Like, right. Right. You know, I mean, if this shows up, 
you know, in the middle of something that you don't want people to see, you know, right. Right. I mean, there's, um, that's uh whoo. Okay. <laughs> I see we got, um, somebody saying they love be real. Not this first time I heard of it. See, this is why we do the show. We learn. My grandmother said I could learn something every day. I've learned. I'm already learning. I'm already learning a lot. Friends. Thanks for being here. If you have comments, questions, uh, we'd love to hear them. Um, wherever you are, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, let us know um, who you are, where you're from, and what, what you're thinking about. Um, Rachel, I'm wondering to kind of theologically, you know, what guides you and how you are this kind of ministry with young adults. Um, you know, what, are there, are there, is there scripture? Are there theologians? Are there kind of systematic principles? What is it that sort of makes makes this theological versus just sort of a good group process, you know, or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. know what is it that's mm -hmm. that really prompts you as sort of, sort of a plumb line, if you will, for you. For me, it's baptism. Okay. Um, and I say this when I go to churches to talk about my students and just in my entire encounter with young adults is this is a critical time of faith where you're mm -hmm. trying to figure out who is God independent of what my parents believe and independent of how I was brought up, who is God and mm -hmm. who is God in relationship to who I'm becoming. And mm -hmm. when we baptize babies in our church, we say as a community, I will love you and support you mm -hmm. on your faith journey, right. which is more than just that one baby in your church that, you know, that applies to all of these kids. And especially right. when they come to college and especially when they're, they're in their mid twenties and they don't know how to make friends and they're struggling with jobs and relationships and all kinds, you know, it just, that is when we need to come alongside and say, your faith is a part of this and it's important. So let me walk with you as you're rolling around in these questions and deconstructing and reconstructing and figuring all of that out. Because when I said that to the to my own child and to the kids of, of the church that I attend, I meant it for all of the children of the church. Right. And if we are all children of God. Our faith life doesn't just become static and stop. It's a part of the whole journey. And so we right. owe that to each other right. to continue to affirm those vows by supporting mm -hmm. these young adults as they are figuring out their faith because if the church doesn't do that then we're not making space for them and expecting them to fit a model that doesn't exist anymore right and the church doesn't do it who's gonna do it <laughs> right <laughs> listen you and i i knew we were already like you know on the same line but i, I think you, you you may or may not know how how key vocation and call is to my own call of baptism i mean i think it starts in those waters which are chaotic right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're chaotic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard. It's not all just splashing like a bath kind of things. But Very it, little of it is. Right. It's mostly it's, just like, it's like being in the ocean and you get knocked down by a sleeper wave and then you stand back up and you're right. getting your breath yeah. and another one takes you out. I feel like faith feels like that to me. I think, I think this is true. Somebody out there can remind me. I think in American Sign Language, baptism is like this. <laughs> The thumbs, yeah. two thumbs up, then it's to the side and up. I mean, it's, this is like a death dealing thing. Like yeah. only by grace, you know, mm -hmm. you know, risen to new life. And, and you are clearly a person of that grace, welcoming, guiding, pulling those people out of the water. That's what I see 
um, and and sharing that and encouraging others to do the same because you can't do it alone. We can't do this alone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There's and something like some it just it feels like this assumption that we should and should be able to, right. and it kind of has like siloed us in a lot of ways, especially yeah. post pandemic. But good lord, do we need each other? Oh wow, yeah. I hope I hope. I mean, that is definitely true. Our time is waning fast, but are there questions or comments you have for Rachel? Um, folks, you may not know this. She has a board. Ukirk uh, Ministries across the country are primarily self-supported um, in one way or another. And, um, you know, we're just really grateful for the ways uh, uh, that those are supported. And and Ukirk National Collegiate Ministries, which we serve on, helps us as an association to resource all those organizations. But get to know your Ukirk um leaders out there i'm uh, if you go to i think is it ukirk.org is that right it is. Is the, mm -hmm. and then your website ukirk utk okay. make sure you get the k in there.org um you can learn more about rachel and her ministry and connect there um uh just uh really exciting so what what's coming up that uh people may not expect i mean folks may not may not have heard that there is a a coffee house that y'all run you work mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right? right what else is coming up for you in the next few weeks um, we started a program that has like a name that i'm kind of obsessed with that i actually had a student come up with called liturgy lanyap and lanyap is a, a southern word that means to enhance or to add to and since liturgy means the work of the people, yeah, uh, this is our way of enhancing the work of the people. And for us, it is sitting around and my students can write down any question they have about God or faith or religion or theology. And we write them anonymously and we put them in a cup and we pull them out one at a time and talk about them. And wow. at the ways that. that the ways that they are thinking that we we often don't assume that they are. Um, is really just this really enhanced work of the people. And so I'm just like, I had a student, it was called Theology Chats, and I was a student who said, can we call it Liturgy Lanyap? And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he wrote me 500 words on it about why Lanyap was this thing. Um, and so... I'm thinking that's going later. viral. That's going. Yeah, I love it. You better, you better like copyright that name. And, you know, get the <laughs> website so now. Well, I'm happy to share it because it is it is an amazing ministry model that requires zero prep on the minister's part. Yeah. And tells you exactly where your folks are and really, I mean, it's steered my sermons. It's steered kind of right. what we focus on because it's what they're interested in. Right. You know, literally, you know what people are have questions about and maybe ones that they're not ready to say publicly or they feel right. uncomfortable, but they can put it, do it anonymously. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a, I mean, it's a great thing. Okay. So mm -hmm. that happens like once a week? Uh, once a month. Once a, once month. a month. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the deep, deep dive, but, um, that sounds, I mean, I'm ready to show up. I may have to drive. What I mean, <laughs> folks are welcome. <laughs> All right. All right. I may learn something. Well, friends, mm -hmm. I think our time is coming to a close. I like to be on time if I can. Um, next week, um, normally we're every two weeks, but we're getting started fast here. Next week, I'll have with me uh, the Reverend Dr. Jose Irizarry. He is the new president of Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary, uh, formerly with the Board of Pensions 
uh, as their VP for education. Some of you did Credo. That was uh, work that Jose was about. He was a demon director at McCormick Seminary. He was a dean at the seminary in Puerto Rico. Um, just a real gift. He, he He's an artist. He's a singer. He's he's one of these people, Rachel, you know, that just has all these gifts. Uh, he's amazing. Um, and I think he, he collects children's books, too, um, which is a great way to answer some of those theological questions. Sometimes good children's books. Um, so Jose is going to be with us. Um, transitions and starts in ministry. Hope you'll join us for that. We have a great lineup this fall that we'll be publishing. Stay on the lookout. Um, subscribe to the podcast, to the to the to all of our social media feeds. Uh, Ken DeCreasy Dean from Princeton is going to be with us. Keisha McKenzie from Auburn Theological Seminary. Um, we have the co-moderators uh, in December are going to be with us. Isn't that awesome? Buckle up. Buckle up. Yeah, Siobhan and Ruth. Um, and they're talking about theological education, by the way, something they really care about. Um, so it's, we're going to have a lot of fun this fall. Hope you'll join us uh, live or later or on the podcast. Uh, love to hear your suggestions, too. Um, before we go, though, um, thanks again, uh, Rachel, for the gift that you are clearly in your baptism. God has called, named, and claimed you uh, to be a gift in the place that you are right now, where you are literally pulling people out of the water into new life. And it is a gift to the church. And uh, we see you, we hear you, we notice you, and we will not forget you. And our, would you share a prayer with us, please, a charge as we go? I'd be happy to. Gracious God, send us out into this world to be awakened and enlivened and surprised at where you are already at work and where you are calling to us to join in. Wake us up, breathe your spirit into our weary spirits and remind us of who you have called us to be. Amen. Amen. Thanks everybody. We'll hope to see you soon. Peace. Peace.